The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. There's absolutely hope that addressing diet and lifestyle with work can have a, can have a big impact. It may not be immediate, but stay with it. You can, you, you can change the direction of your life. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? Do you believe that we as people with multiple sclerosis can improve our lives, our our quality of life with diet? When I was first diagnosed with MS, my friend did all of this research online and everyone, you know, wants to help, right? Well, the first thing she pointed out to me, she pointed me toward Dr. Terry Walls. And she's like, you have to read this book. It looks like everybody is really benefiting from this. So I'm sure most of you listening are aware of the Walls Protocol. If you read the book, it outlines, for me at least, how nutrition plays a significant role in our health. Food is medicine. So picture this. 77 patients with relapsing, remitting, multiple sclerosis signed up to follow the Walls Protocol or the Swank Diet for 36 weeks. And they agreed to reveal if following this particular diet regimen, one of these, would improve their level of fatigue as they perceived it. The outcome of the study revealed a statistically significant reduction in fatigue levels for these people with multiple sclerosis. And secondary results showed improved mental and physical quality of life for those who participated in the study. And this was shown for those following both the walls and the swank diets. And for those of you who, you know, are new to all of this business with multiple sclerosis, Dr. Terry Walls is a pioneer, in my opinion, living with an MS diagnosis since 2000. She, as most of us uh, in this predicament, felt symptoms for many, many years before that. So a physician herself, she believed that the meds, of course, that were prescribed to her for MS would stop the progression of her disease. She realized, though, that they were not cutting the mustard. She searched and found that the nutrients found in food and supplements got her moving again. And it is quite a remarkable story, but obviously not one she kept to herself. Dr. Walls is dedicated to helping others with MS thrive. So she is at it again, and she's here today to share with us an opportunity that could help many more of us living with multiple sclerosis. So let's chat it up with Dr. Terry Walls. Thank you for being here today. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you. And thank you for the work you are doing giving people hope that there's so much that they can do. 
Oh, thank you so much. That means so much coming from you. Oh my goodness. And it is just a joy to get to talk to people like you with multiple sclerosis and learn from everyone. And so I'm very excited to share with the listeners what you have in store next. Would you please share that with us? Okay. So we've been doing clinical trials. We, you know, we did our first trial copying the things that I did and we enrolled people with secondary and primary progressive MS. We're able to show that even people who are severely disabled needed a cane and a walker could implement the complicated stuff that I did. We could improve their quality of life, improve their mood, improve their working memory. And half of them had clinically remarkable improvement in walking function. And that's truly remarkable because 10 to 20% worsening every year is what you expect once you get to the cane and walker stage. So that first study was really quite dramatic. Then we switched over to studying relapsing remitting MS. We've done several studies in that situation. And you described the swank versus walls elimination diet. And we had an observation period. No surprise. People didn't get better. They, you know, they were the same. Then we, you got either the swank or the walls diet. And both diets certainly reduced fatigue, improved quality of life. Walls was better in some measures. A swank was a better in one working memory. And then we did another study that is still just finishing up. In that study, or people newly diagnosed with MS who had decided to not take drugs. And we we're going to bring them to the University of Iowa, do MRIs and follow them, train them on the Walls protocol. But the pandemic happened. So we had to switch, redesign it into a virtual study. And we are just finishing the abstractions of all the medical records. We'll probably analyze that and hopefully submit it for publication. Our, our target is January, so it's probably, you know, February or March. But, you know, hopefully we'll be able to analyze and talk about that in a, in a future podcast. The and, and then we have another study that's going on, and that one will finish probably in December. We'll clean the data, analyze that in draft manuscripts over the winter. In that study, looks at, it's a waitlist control, people with MS who get an, and everyone's already been enrolled, we just have a few folks to finish up. You either get access to an online course immediately, or you wait 12 weeks and then get access to the online course. And we're looking to see, does taking an online course improve diet quality? Uh, and does it improve self-reported mood and quality of life? And uh, so that, that'll be interesting. I have the Cancer Center intrigued with what I'm, I'm doing, and I'm working with them to write a protocol to study the same course in the Cancer Center. So that's sort of exciting. Very. And then the new study that we are, we're just now recruiting for, it will be the largest, one of the largest and longest dietary intervention studies done in the setting of multiple sclerosis. So people come to Iowa City and we get baseline MRIs, a lot of questionnaires on self-reported fatigue and mood. And then we measure your walking, your hand function, your vision function in a test of working memory. We also do a test of your optic nerve function called critical flicker fusion. And we send you to the MRI scanner. So we're going to measure lesions um, we'll, we'll do it with a research quality scanner, so we don't have to use any gadolinium. Uh, so that, that's important. People know no gad. This is a no contrast, but it's a more potent magnet. So we still get to see, do you have enhancing lesions or not? And the brain volume. And, and we get to do something called a magnetic resonance spectroscopy. So it's called an MRS. So like a MISIS acronym. And that measures, and this is shocking. 
you get to measure the molecules in the brain. The amazing technology. So we'll be able to measure neurotransmitter molecules. Aspartate tells us a lot about the level of inflammation in the brain at the molecular level. So we'll, we'll see the molecules at baseline. We'll see the brain volume at baseline. We'll see the myelin content at baseline. We'll see the lesion load at baseline. And then people get randomized to either get a ketogenic olive oil-based diet, a modified paleo diet, the same kind of diet that we used in that Swank versus Walls diet that you just described, or usual diet. In the usual diet group, you get to continue your usual diet. We will give you a monthly tips and cooking videos and recipes that we'll send you via text and email. You'll get the app from Dietary Guidelines that basically lets you track your vegetables, fiber, et cetera, online. You get resources if you're in the usual diet group. We hope reduce your sugar, reduce your processed food, eat eat more of these radical things known as vegetables. (laughs) In the intervention arm, the ketogenic arm, you'll eat more a lot more olive oil, four tablespoons a day, non-starchy vegetables, and a moderate amount of protein. In the modified paleo diet, you get a little bit, it's similar to the ketogenic diet, but you'll get more carbs. So you'll have, you know, moderate amount of meat, more non-starchy vegetables, and it will look very much like the kind of diet that you'd see in Walls Level 2. And we'll follow everyone for two years. So, and I really don't know uh, of the two intervention diets, which one will be better, the ketogenic or the paleo diet. And we might well find out that getting monthly tips from from our team on how to improve your diet from people who are highly motivated to work on their diet, because after all, they signed up to be in a dietary intervention study, we may well find out that, in fact, and I I think we will see all three groups will improve. I think both intervention groups will improve. I think, and we fully anticipate the usual care diet will improve. And if the usual care diet, in fact, follows the tips that we're going to give them every month to reduce their sugar, eat more of these radical things known as vegetables, follow some of those great recipes and cookie videos that we'll be sharing with them, that we may well discover that, statistically speaking, all three groups are are statistically the same at the end, and that we can show, in fact, you know, MS folks, and this is sort of a shocking, somewhat disturbing uh, bit of information, our brains shrink at two to three times the rate of healthy aging. So there's more evidence that we have accelerated aging in our brains, a higher risk of cognitive decline, higher risk of lost employment. And there's growing research that the quality of your diet can slow the rate of brain volume loss to healthy aging. And so if what I'm able to show is that all three diets get brain volume loss to match healthy aging, that will be a stunning success. And I'm very optimistic that that's in fact what we'll see. And if we're able to show that, you know, what people who are motivated can change their diet through less intensive means with these monthly tips and cooking videos, like, oh my gosh, how powerful will that be? So, uh, you know, we have this great opportunity. It's the largest study that, certainly one of the largest studies that is underway, that's ever been done. The longest study, it will have MRIs and we're freezing lots of blood and saliva. So when we're done, I can write more grants to go analyze how the microbiome changed, 
how the blood biomarkers changed how, and how something called the metabolome changes as well. So we'll have a, you know, a deeper understanding. So we're looking for people. I, I, I want to get 156 people in. I think I last heard that we have 35 people in. That means we still have about 121 spaces available for you and your audience. So we would <laughs> certainly love people to come. How to reach us at mess.study at healthcare.uiowa.edu. So you can screen, hopefully be eligible. Then we have to com- communicate with you and your neurologist to verify the diagnosis. And then once you're verified, then we'll schedule you for a pre-enrollment call where we tell you in detail about the study. But if you've listened to this podcast, you'll know a lot more than a lot of the folks. And then you'll have a chance to say, oh my gosh, of course I want to be in the study. And then we'll schedule you for a consent call. And we will schedule your visit to come see us and get started. So the fact that there's no contrast in those MRIs is a big deal to me personally. Oh yeah, absolutely. 156 people is a big pool, you guys, but there's plenty of listeners here to make a commitment to that. And I'd love to do a follow-up after the research comes out so we can show how our thrivers were involved. That would be wonderful. Let me put in a pitch that you have me come back in a few months because what you know what we what what happens is we recruit you know, recruiting is sort of easier early on. People lose interest in continuing to talk with folks to keep them excited and willing to be part of this. Because if, if you're part of, of this study and you, you want to make changes to your diet, in the intervention groups, you get to be in the group calls. In the control group, uh, which is usual diet, you, you get to have monthly cooking videos and resources. So you still get support in that group. And in your neurology practice, they don't have time to talk to you about food. They're not They're not at all talking about food. They're talking about drugs. They're talking about getting your MRIs. They may be talking to you about, well, you know, I'm getting worried. You're getting worse. And we ought to change you to a different drug. They don't have the time or the nausea to talk to you about these radical things known as vegetables. <laughs> and they are delicious, especially if you have used any of Dr. Walls's approaches in her recipes and her books. We have the cookbook, and the cookbook is nice because it, it sort of teaches you to cook the way my my mother and her grandmother and all of my ancestral mothers taught is you sort of get the principles down, and then you can improvise with what you've got on hand. Um, so we have recipe frameworks, and I think it makes you feel a little more comfortable uh, with adapting recipes. And I assume that you might be cooking in rural Iowa or rural wherever you are. And you have a pretty basic grocery store that you're going to. So, yes, you could get fancy ingredients, but you also can make great food using pretty ordinary ingredients. I'm sure there's going to be lots more tips if you're involved with the study with those videos and things. Yeah, we work very hard to make it achievable. We work with you to help you understand how to make this work for you and your family. People talk about, okay, help me reimagine food swaps because... These are the kinds of menus that my family is used to eating because of my ethnic background, my cultural background. So our dietitians are happy to chat with you about, okay, here are some food swap ideas. Let's make it more tolerable. And then, you know, in the intervention group, we have a monthly call for, for each, each arm where the participants 
come in, ask their questions. They submit questions, and I'll make a little video answering the questions. The dietitians come on, and they'll chat with the participants, answer questions, and then the participants talk to one another. And of course, learning from each other is so valuable. What I've learned is that I can give the same advice, but at the same concepts taught by another person with MS, with with kids and spouses they're trying to navigate, it's much easier to hear. And it's easier to believe like, well, if they can do it, I guess I can too. Absolutely. And having the direct connection with other people that are involved in the study and following similar protocols within the diet, I think that that is going to be so huge. Plus getting firsthand knowledge and understanding from other people with multiple sclerosis, I also think is going to be big. And let me just say the implications of the outcome of this study could impact so many more neurological mm -hmm. diseases that yeah. I, I'm just excited about the implications and how we can leverage this information for other people. You know, the TED Talk that I gave in 2011 really stimulated a lot of conversations with patients having their neurologists. And at first, the neurologists were you know very dismissive, but in that intervening time, there's been many more neurologists that are saying, well, you are right. There is something about food. I don't necessarily know what it is, but it, it, your diet really is important and you should address it for comparison. That is just the a gold standard requirement that if you're ever going to change the standard of care that says diet matters, you need to have these kinds of studies, which means, because I know a lot of people call up and say, well, I, I want to sign up and the diet I want is the ketogenic diet or the diet I want is the paleo diet. And I have to explain that if that's what you want, go see your physician. But if you want to be in a trial, the only kind of trials that we can do are at randomized controlled trials like this in terms of changing the standard of care. I need to have people who will be in the control arm. They are just as vital as the people in the intervention arm. And we're giving the control arm enough support that I might well have my control arm perform as well as the intervention arm. And so that would be a negative study. However, if what I show is all three arms have brain volume loss at the rate of healthy control, it will be a phenomenal landmark study. It's pretty incredible. Thank you so much for all that you do for our entire community and Guys, if you're listening, please take a look at the show notes. That's where you're going to find all the specifics and information to contact and reach out so that you can find out more information about actually participating. Follow me on Instagram. It is so fun. You get to see what I'm actually eating and you get to see me in my garden taking hikes. And you see the fact, you know, in 2007, I could not sit up. I couldn't sit in a chair anymore. I, I had more brain fog. My trigeminal neurology was more much more frequent, more difficult to turn off. I thought I was going to have to take medical disability. It was a struggle to walk 10 feet using two walking sticks. I had a zero gravity chair at work and at home. That was 2007. That's 15 years. It's taken a while. So I, I can I can bike for hours. I, I my It's my daughter's birthday. She asked me to go for a hike with her. We had a lovely hike in the woods this afternoon. And yesterday, I jogged 1.6 miles. It's taken a lot of work. I'm thrilled. If I can come back from such profound disability, 
which happened even though I, I'll assure you, I took the most aggressive drug treatments that were available at the time. And the drug treatments never stopped my decline. It was diet and lifestyle and, you know, and very hard work with my physical therapy, which I, I'm still doing. And so I have a rich and full life. I want all of your listeners to know, even if you are wheelchair dependent, walker dependent, cane dependent, there is absolutely hope that addressing diet and lifestyle with work can have a, can have a big impact. It may not be immediate, but stay with it. You can you you can change the direction of your life. Thank you so much, Dr. Walls. We all appreciate you so much. Please, everyone out there, like I said, take a look at the show notes, follow Dr. Walls on Instagram, and just learn from her as much as possible. She's a phenomenal resource. Everybody and Dr. Walls, please keep thriving. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving. Thriving.